this is refreshing to me. Yeah. <laughs> being here on on the air. Yeah. Well, here we are. Breathing air. Yeah. Yes. Uh, air is so good. There is <clears throat> air is like there's a lot of things named air that are good, not just the stuff that we breathe, but <laughs> what about that band? Oh, I air? love air. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I only heard Moon Safari and that's it, but it kills. I mean, that's an it's enough to decide that air is cool. Oh man. Yeah, I love that record. I really do. Yeah. The other ones are good too, I, and they change a lot and do a lot of different things. But <laughs> Moon Safari is I do great. have to make I do have to make a confession though. I stole that whole thing at the beginning <laughs> from Steve Harvey. Oh. <laughs> and let me explain how and why. Okay. Uh, because that doesn't sound like something I stole from Steve Harvey, does it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, all right. This is okay. So this is what, this is what what that comes from. Mm-hmm. I, have you ever watched? And I think I asked you this before. And uh, you know, maybe the audience. I'm sure somebody listening out there probably has heard of Vic Berger. He's this guy who makes all these like videos of basically pop culture. Like he did a lot of stuff about Trump. Mm. You know, when he was in office where he would just kind of like mesh together these ridiculous bits. But he also he kind of took aim at both Republicans and Democrats. Hmm, Okay, like, you know, I mean, he was he was probably like I wouldn't be surprised if he's just as critical of Biden as he was with Mm -hmm. Trump. You know what I mean? Like maybe I don't really know. But because I haven't really watched his. But anyway, he's affiliated with Tim and Eric. Oh, and uh, his camera work is very, very influenced by that or similar in fact he probably worked on their show back in the day okay but um anyway he did this whole compilation it's hilarious and anybody who's listening to this i would recommend going to youtube and checking this out um it's called steve harvey doesn't want to host this show anymore oh i think i did see that he looks real dejected and sad yeah and yeah very sad and there's this one part where he has jerry seinfeld like on the show uh and jerry seinfeld's like he's talking about like how he's like really really respects and likes black people and then steve harvey responds by saying this is refreshing to me (laughs) and then he's like that's what you want to hear man and so anyway i just really like that this is refreshing to me. And so I stole it from Steve Harvey. So nice. Steve, I'd like to give you credit. Um, if you're listening, uh, thank you. Thank you so wow. much. For that. I think if I had to place a bet on the last person who would ever hear this podcast, <laughs> Steve Harvey might be a good choice. Maybe. I wonder if he, would, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if he would be critical of it. I wonder what his thoughts would be about it. Like, you I know, if he know. just heard this, yeah. you know, I've, I've kind of wondered about that. Like if just some random, like celebrity stumbled upon our show, what uh, they would really think, like, who are these people? Like, it, it, cause yeah. it's almost like, I almost wonder if it would be like Wayne's world, like, mm-hmm. you know, like in the Wayne's world movie where, uh, what's his, the, the owner of the arcade, Noah's arcade mm-hmm. in the movie. Do you remember, like, am I totally just leading? Am I going off the rails here? I just don't remember that well. I only oh, saw the movie okay. maybe one time. I mean, it was good. You're kidding me. N- no. No. Wow. <laughs> that's that's amazing to me, Eric. No, well, I don't know. I I don't know. I had this real 
animosity towards my own generation when I was young. I think uh, I think that's a common thing, though. You know, like I think all young people are like, I live in the shittiest time. You know, yeah, that's true. And it, they, yeah, so it, I didn't like when grunge school, very yeah. much. You know, I liked Nirvana quite a bit, and I liked sure. the Smashing Pumpkins, but sure, like actual grunge, I don't know. It didn't do a lot for me, and like all the popular culture stuff. It was cool to like not like things. You know, I think. It's just a teenager thing, you know, like, did, oh, did you see this thing? Hell no, I don't like that shit. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> yeah, like, oh, you mean the song that everybody right. else plays yeah. all the time? Yeah. Let's let's go to track nine. Let's, I, you know, that was before I knew the term, like, deep cut. You know, like, it's a deep it's cut. It's also man. a very good example of the 90s. Like, no one knew song names anymore. <laughs> just like in the 90s yeah everyone was like oh that's on track uh, go to track three you know because it was oh, all yeah, cds that's true. no one that's true yeah new song titles anymore so that's that's true that's a good point like yeah i remember even even me i always found myself like oh i can't remember the name of yeah. the song but it was track three <laughs> or track four or whatever it's like it's the one that they're not playing on MTV. right yeah yeah and that's like the rest of the album basically yeah yep. like i remember uh the one album that uh, a lot of people were just playing the hell out of the most popular song was like Antichrist Superstar. Mm. Like I remember like Beautiful People oh, yeah. was just like, the, yeah. that was always the only song that anybody played. Mm-hmm. It seemed like when they put it in and they, it's like they would put it on repeat as if like the rest of the album didn't exist. Yeah. And the rest of the <laughs> album is better. Yeah. I mean, that, oh, that song I, I would agree okay with that. too. It's, Sure. But sure. Yeah. I don't know. I feel weird about Marilyn Manson and I'll probably have to talk about this again a little later in the episode, but I just, I feel weird. I know that he's a bad dude and I know that yeah, he's, he's in trouble and I know that he's done bad things, Yep. but like yep. one of my most uttered phrases up until a few months ago, and this is not a joke is uh, anytime I mentioned Marilyn Manson, it was, followed by whom I love because I did Marilyn Manson, whom I love. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard because I know he's a bad person, but he also told us that he was a bad person like the whole time. He, he said right. he did all these terrible things and then he, then it comes out that he did. It's just hard. It's like, it's like if, if someone said, well, Gigi Allen punched a girl in the face and then took a shit and threw it at people like we know we saw it happen, but everyone still loves Gigi Allen. And it, I don't know. It's just hard. It's like, is the act of hiding it the bad part? I don't know. We could talk about this forever, but I just wanted to. We, we really could. Uh, one, <laughs> one last, one last point. Uh, one last thing to your point, mm-hmm. though. Um it's really just about like, can you separate the art from the yeah. artist? I mean, I know that that's a cliche thing to say, but that's, that's the thing though. Yeah. If there's one, there's a part of me that wants to say that I never want to listen to Manson ever again, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whoever, I don't know, right. like whoever's done horrible shit, Phil Spector before yeah. he died. Um, you know, but like, then there's the other part of me that's like, if I made a list of every piece of shit <laughs> that made records I love, yeah. 
I probably wouldn't even have a record collection anymore. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, it's 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 just you just never know who's legit yeah. and who is. And it's kind of like the better the it, artist, the more they can get away with, <laughs> and that sucks too. Yeah, the, it's, it's like, like oh, like Lou Reed and David Bowie and. I don't even know who else. Prince, probably. <laughs> I'll just start well, throwing people under the bus now. But, like, it, it's hard. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we know these people did terrible things. I don't – it's it's difficult. But yeah, what I can mean, you do? It's, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, what can you do? It's like the world is not a right place. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's just not a right place. And, and we as humans are supposed to uh, – not be perfect i mean that's right even even like the bible like says that you know what i mean like we're not supposed to be perfect like that's you know and so it's like i mean if you're going to use like the bible as a moral compass but anyway (laughs) uh aside from all that but like uh, you know you know what i'm saying i do that's that's what the majority of people i think use as the moral compass like even the bible says that you know what i mean or something like that but it's like it's like when you have like this book that is supposed to be the ultimate moral compass mm-hmm. saying that humans are not supposed to be perfect. Then it's kind of like, yeah, where do you draw the line? I mean, cause yeah, I mean, there's so many artists that got away with a bunch of crap that is yeah. probably just as bad, if not worse than Manson. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's hard telling. I mean, it, it, <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, One thing, though, that I do have to say is apparently Corey Feldman got the worst of it from everyone. Because <laughs> yeah, he um, got uh, Michael Jackson fucked with him, I think. And apparently yeah, Marilyn Manson um, did. And, I mean, just, man, I want Corey Feldman to write a, a tell-all or a documentary well, or something, you know? Didn't he? Didn't I think he? he's threatened it that- a few times. I thought that there was some information Mm. that was in a book or he was doing a documentary about like exposing pedophilia. That's what he said he was going to do, but I don't think it happened. Yeah. Oh, it never happened. Well, anyway, we do have that album from him. Um, Yeah. It's glorious. Have you heard it? Uh, I have heard it. And according to some friends uh, who went and saw him, in waterloo perform they said it was the greatest <laughs> thing they've ever seen yeah i've heard i've so, heard some some amazing shit yeah. i i know that i watched some youtube videos and um it i just remember he had like girls with angel yeah. wings and they were and, on like um hoverboard things and yeah, uh, it was yeah pretty cool and it, if you haven't it, seen rock and roll high school forever uh, you should borrow the VHS from me. <laughs> Just send me a, a message and I will loan you that video. It's cool. Actually. Wait, are you talking, <laughs> are you, are you talking about the, the movie? Like I haven't seen rock and roll high school in forever. No, it's or is called this like rock and roll high school forever. And it's sort of a sequel, except there's not a band like the Ramones. It's just um, Corey Feldman. And then he dances like Michael Jackson the whole time. Um, it's it's really good. Wow. This is refreshing <laughs> it's to me. It's terrible. I mean, it's almost as bad as Dream a Little Dream, except at least it's kind of funny. I remember in that movie, Corey Haim, um, R.I.P., <laughs> uh, I remember he uh, broke into some girl's house. Well, at the end, like he was trying to, 
Yeah, he was doing the whole like stereotypical thing in those movies, like standing outside at midnight. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to come out here. You, do you remember yeah. that? You remember that scene? <laughs> yeah. And uh, his uh, like the parents of the girl hated him so much because they knew that like he was she was going to go out with mm-hmm. him that night that I remember the dad put like sleeping pills in like a glass of like champagne okay. and was like, Hey, you want to help? You want to help me finish drinking this or some shit like mm. that? And then she ended up passing out. Wow. And I just remember like then Corey Haim, like went and knocked on the door and the, uh, the dad answered the door uh, who didn't like his character mm-hmm. at all. Didn't want his daughter seeing him and was like, Nope, she's upstairs. She, um, passed out like you know what i mean like or maybe she didn't say passed out or he didn't say passed out maybe he said you know she went to bed or whatever mm. but i whatever <laughs> but then i remember he like he was like no no like screaming on their front lawn and then he thought it was a good idea to just like break her bedroom oh window and he had blood all over her hands wow. do you remember I don't this know if i remember that part <laughs> that is you might want to change your view on that movie. <laughs> Wait, what you just described will make me think it's a great movie. <laughs> well, it's got action. In oh, okay. It, at least I just remember I it know. being very weird and all these dream sequences that didn't make any sense and old people and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't like that entire movie was like, I don't know. I yeah. could even be thinking of a different movie, but I'm pretty sure license to drive was pretty good. If I yeah, License to Drive yeah. was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> the the two Corys. I don't know. Lost you know, Boys is killer for real. Oh, Lost Boys was one of the best. Oh man, that. And then of course, you, <laughs> of course, you have um. Well, I guess the two Corys weren't in the Goonies. That was just Corey Feldman. Yeah, it would have been better with both of them though. Probably. It. My absolute <laughs> favorite movie of all time though, uh, had uh, River Phoenix. And uh, Corey Feldman and Jerry, I think his name is. Uh, I can't remember his last, but yeah, Stand By yeah. Me. That's my favorite movie of all That's time. It's a good one. I really like that one. I haven't seen it in a long time, though. I should. It's, a f- yeah, very fantastic. <laughs> um, anyway, we nice. uh, just so you guys know, we do still talk about <laughs> records on this show. Um, and, it's uh, not just uh, should... predators and the the Corys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people like you know breaking into <laughs> windows with blood on their hands. Like we talk about other mm. things. Welcome to the new episode uh, of uh, the Predators and Corys. <laughs> there was, I mean, there was a lot of that kind of storyline oh, yeah. going on in like eighties movies, man. There was. Like, There's some terribly I was watching um, things and the other day movies. I saw like. Fast Times at Richmond High, and I was just like, holy shit, I did not realize how, like, dramatic this whole movie is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, almost how... boring, too. After, like, the yeah. first half hour, you're just like, oh, Jesus. Have you ever seen yeah, St. Elmo's Fire? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. St. Elmo's oh, Fire, man. What a drag. <laughs> the, the Brat Pack. You know what's weird about the Brat Pack, though, is, like, okay, like, I feel like the Brat Pack, they, they kind of did this thing with like the Brat Pack that they never really did with like other groups of like teenage actors, mm-hmm. like later in life, like, I don't know, like the American pie crowd, oh. like the late nineties mm-hmm. or whatever. I feel like one of the things that was interesting about the, the Brat Pack though, is you had different 
genres of movies that they would incorporate them in. For example, like, well, you had The Breakfast Club, which was a teen movie. Mm -hmm. You had St. Elmo's Fire, Mm -hmm. which was like a college movie. And then you had like, you know, of course, the romance, you know, movies like, um, you know, stuff like that, like uh, Pretty Mm -hmm. in Pink or whatever, you know. But then you also had like Young Guns, (laughs) a a total Western. Like, who who was in that? Emilio Estevez? That was Emilio Estevez. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, um, Casey Samasco, Charlie Sheen, hmm. um, Dermot Mulroney or whatever his name, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, wow. maybe they weren't all. Maybe that was post Brat Pack, but it felt like Emilio the uh, Brat Pack was ever changing. You know? Yeah, there was always like because you know you had like Andrew McCarthy, which I still will say that that movie Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> is a masterpiece it's pretty great yeah uh i mean weekend at bernie's around too a... though oh shit oh god that was terrible that was it is one of the was... worst movies it's... it's so good it is perhaps the worst sequel ever oh, made oh god i love it may possibly make it the best sequel ever made. seriously Fantastic. he just he's like a yeah. uh, uh like a voodoo zombie right and anytime he anytime he hears drums he just oh that walk that he does with his head leaning back shit man (laughs) (laughs) it's so good Uh, i just i like the i like the the idea of like this cokehead you know like big old big big shot at a company like just refusing to die like I, I like that idea. Like you know, just <laughs> well. The stupidest part is weekend at Bernie's. He's dead. Like he's totally dead. Right. And then they're like, yeah, exactly. let's make That's... a sequel, but make him so he's like the living dead. So he's yeah. So he's like the living. <laughs> and somehow dead. it's not a horror <laughs> movie on any level. It's just like and normal. The greatest. Oh. The greatest thing about it is every time he gets up and walks. <laughs> They play like Hawaiian oh, music. Man, it's so good. I mean, it is. <laughs> it is terrible. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love that movie so it, much. <laughs> bad movies are really good. Uh, that's all I watch anymore. I hate good movies. Yeah. Something with a, a story, <laughs> good cinematography, great acting. No. Forget it. Yes. I don't have time for that crap. I want to see something where someone tried and failed. That's so much more interesting <laughs> than succeeding at something you set out to do. That's so boring. <laughs> yeah, failure is definitely more interesting. It's for more sure. interesting for us to watch or listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> um, maybe not the creators, but that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's really all I got. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, just wanted to work I, Weekend and Bernie's two in there, and uh, yeah, so there we, we go. Get um, to records now. <laughs> 20, 20 minutes, guys. I mean, this is the Ooh, shortest episode all right, yet. so far. <laughs> uh, oh no! All right, we we probably should talk about records. okay. Whew. All right, so Eric, you go first Ooh, this week. All right. Uh, I don't know which way to go here. Okay. The first one I'll talk about is Vile Creature. The record is called Glory, Glory, Apathy Took Helm. It came out in 2019. Um, it's a duo. There's a drummer who also does vocals and a guitarist who also does vocals. And... Uh, I was pretty into this. I, I thought it was really cool. It's when it starts out, it feels like relatively straightforward, sludgy doom. I mean, by the book almost like, uh, like I hate God or especially Conate. 
uh, it's very much just like right in the vein of that kind of stuff. But then about like four minutes into the first song, it starts to get a little strange and you're like, okay. And then it sort of returns as the record goes on to more of this straightforward kind of sludgy doom. Um, and it's brutal and it's, it's great, but it doesn't seem like it's doing too much. But then as the record goes on, it just keeps getting more and more interesting, different elements, almost like black metal elements at times, um, choral arrangements, uh, synthesizers, um, more like uh, string type synths, like pad type sounds, not big fat new wave synthesizers, but a lot of stuff like that. The guitar tones are just, I mean, they're brutal. The drums are brutal. The vocals are really cool. Um, both of them do it. And um, yeah, they have really distinct vocals, uh, both the singers. And yeah, it like I said, it just keeps getting a little further and further away from what traditional sludge uh, would be or doom. And by the last two tracks, I mean, seriously, they'll kill you. Like, I don't want to give it away. I want it to be a surprise for the listener, but the last two tracks, like if it doesn't honestly give you chills and make you re, I don't rethink the entire record as you just heard it. I don't know. I think that you didn't listen very hard, but yeah, the second to last track uh, is basically a choral arrangement and then that kind of bleeds into the last track. And then so you have these this really brutal sludge with um, with the choral parts. And it's really effective and cool. Um, yeah, I don't I think that if you like sludge, if you like Conate, if you like um, people who uh, purposefully infuse their lyrics and music with uh, social um, statements. I think this is really cool. And yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say about it. what do you think, Dan? Oh man, I, I thought this was amazing. Very intense and emotional sounding. Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like it starts off uh, for a very good amount of time uh, with epic sort of doomy, sludgy, like very long. The first two songs both are like 11 minutes mm -hmm. long and uh, there's high pitched screaming that to me sounds somewhere between black metal and like, uh, you know, the sort of doom metal, like the lower end kind of as well. Um, but mostly, mostly I would compare it to like the high screeching, you know, uh, sort of black mm -hmm. metal sounds like dark throne or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it's just done through this filter of just great atmosphere and ambience. I mean, parts of it are very droney. Mm -hmm. Like there's this really awesome part in the first track, I think, mm -hmm. where it just they do this like almost like jangly kind of part for like ever yeah. before it just kills you. <laughs> like, I mean, for in the production, I love mm -hmm. because it's just so raw. I mean, 
uh, I mean, for a duo, they just have this great wall of sound. Uh, Harbinger of nothing of nothing was the uh, opening track. I mean, but yeah, that song "Glory Glory" that you were talking yeah. about, all of a sudden it just turns into yeah, like you said, like almost like this choral chant yeah with some twangy guitars right the, those guitars are and, cool i forgot to mention that yeah and and i <laughs> immediately thought i can see why eric love yeah. likes this <laughs> because it really is totally like that song particularly yeah i think was right up your alley mm-hmm. eric it is um and i mean yeah it's just great breakdowns i mean it was a great listen i mean parts of it even remind reminded me of tool mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know and and god flesh i hear a lot of god mm-hmm. flesh i mean I would say like, yeah, definitely. If you like, like a combination of like dark throne, God flesh, uh, maybe a little bit of like sort of the atmospheric sort of black mm-hmm. metal stuff. They're not black metal. No. You know, I don't want you to think that they're not black metal, but, uh, you know, like lethargy or death heaven mm-hmm. or wolves in the throne room. And also, you know, like even like a little bit of Iowa City comparison, like uh, my friends in a sea. Oh, sure. I could I totally can see that. See that that kind of stuff. Boris, mm-hmm. you know, like the more sludgier Boris type stuff, even like stuff like Melvin's and the Swan. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tool. I mean, there's, it's just but it's like they're a vile creature. It's, it, yeah. yeah, this is this is an amazing. Cool. Release. I'm glad you liked it. Awesome. Absolutely. Um Okay, so uh, the first one I'm going to go ahead and talk about is this um, quote-unquote super group called Human Impact, which they just released this self-titled record um, through Ipecac. Uh, It just caught my attention. I listened to it once already about, eh, I don't know, sometime during the pandemic. Like, uh, I think it got released like right around the beginning of like, you know, the COVID stuff really going off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has members of Unsane, Swans, Cop Shoot Cop, and Juju. I think I'm saying that right. Juju. Oh, uh, is it? Or, um, sorry. Juju? Yeah. Zuzu? yeah. I don't actually is it know. Is Juju or? Yeah. Ju- I, don't I have know. a lot of friends you... into it and I, yeah, I've right. listened to it too and I still don't know how to say it right. So. Um, XIU, XIU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I picked this one for two reasons, actually. Number one, um, I only listened to it once before and I couldn't remember if I liked it. Mm. So in a way <laughs> I kind of was taking a chance on this mm-hmm. one, but also I thought it sounded interesting and I kind of thought it sounded like something that, um, you know, uh, like, uh, just that I, that I would be into. Um, and it really just, I like it a lot. It doesn't sound too far off of what you would Mm -hmm. expect considering the band members. I mean, cause it's, it's just really well done sort of noise rock slash industrial stuff. I mean, that's really, that's really what it is. Um, it makes sense that these guys got together and made music like this. Uh, particularly really like the track E six Oh five, which is the second track. And also this Dead Sea, which was the last track. But yeah, if you're if you like, you know, any of the members of the bands, other bands like God, uh, not Godflesh, excuse me, um, Unsane Swans, Cop Shoot, Cop, uh, Cop Shoot Cop, and Juju, and then also, you know, I definitely heard like some Godflesh, Nin, Nine Inch Nails, 
helmet, amphetamine reptile type stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, again, it's, there's really no surprises here. I just think it's really well done noise rock industrial electronic stuff. What, uh, what were your thoughts? Eric? Yeah. Um, it sounds exactly like a group made of members of unsane cops. You got swans yep. and <laughs> That's, um, yep. and it's funny because if someone were to say to me, all those bands, I would have an image in my head of what that would sound like. And this actually is sort of different than that. But once you hear it, it's exactly what it is. And let me first say that I really liked it. And so I want to make that clear before I kind of break down what I thought of it, (laughs) because I don't want it to sound like I didn't like it, but it almost seems like all these people were like hanging out or something. If this would be my guess, it's probably way off. And they were, and they were just like, man, we should have a band where we just play some of that good old shit, that shit we used to play, you know? And that's how it sounds to me. Like it's almost like a throwback in a sense. It sounds very mid nineties to me, mid to late nineties. And that's not a bad thing, but I don't think they really broke any new ground which is why I came up with that narrative where that wasn't what they were trying to do any damn way. (laughs) They just made this, but I will say, and Scott Jones, I'm looking at you. If you are a (laughs) fan of helmet, Marilyn Manson, tool, prong, Jesus lizard, even fetus. Like, I think you would really dig this. And if this would have come out in 19, 96 it would have blown the lid off the place i mean it is just so rooted in that sound that it's it's perfect for what it is what it is and so like i said i dug it i thought it was cool but i don't think they broke a lot of new ground here but that's okay if you like that sound and you like that stuff here's a new record for you here's a new experience exactly so uh, I think I think it was really cool. Um, it was nice to hear uh, the singer from Unsane his range a little bit more, because um, in Unsane I feel like he screams almost constantly, which is great. Um, well, I, I don't know how you could even tell because nine times out of ten the uh, vocals are so distorted right. in that band. Yeah. <laughs> and in this, they do clean up and, and he does have a vocal sound that's like somewhere in between Maynard, uh, Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson. And it's absolutely like the first song. I didn't read about any of this or know anything about it. I just loaded it up and was listening to it in the car. And I was like, what? Who is this? This seriously sounds like Jesus Lizard with Maynard singing the first track. That's what yeah. it sounded like to me. And so... Like that's got to appeal to a lot of people. So you should check out human impact because here's new music that sounds like the music you already like. So yeah, sure, I thought it was good. Sure. sure. Awesome, yeah. man. I'm glad that you liked yeah, it, Eric. For sure. Um, yeah, we're just blowing right through these, aren't we? Um, <laughs> yes, we are. We usually bullshit a little more. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. We'll bullshit when we get to uh, the local review. A little bit more, probably. Absolutely. So my next one is by a soul singer 
uh, named Lee Moses. This is a collection. I think it was put out, I don't even know, 1984 or something like that, according to Spotify, which is almost always wrong. But most of these songs did actually come out <laughs> in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, and I had seen a few people talk about this, most notably Joe from Peanut Ricky. Um, I swear that I'm not just every week going to say this is what Joe from Peanut Ricky listens to. Like, I don't need to be in, in between for that. But I will say <laughs> if you go into Record Collector and Joe is working, just ask them for a recommendation and they'll have a good idea. Don't tell them I sent you because that will they, they probably won't like that. But anyway, <laughs> okay. no, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> yeah, of course. Go into Record Collector. Say you listen to Accelerative Thrust, you know, and again, they'll say, who the fuck are you? <laughs> what the yeah. hell's that? Anyway. Yeah, what is Accelerative um, Thrust? <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is really cool. It's really good, re like really, really good soul music. Um, the first two tracks are instrumental covers, and I feel like I don't know why they're on there. It seems a little bit like filler, even though it's the first two tracks on here. Uh, it's Reach Out, I'll Be There, and Day Tripper. And both of them are done with like kind of like guitars that aren't played very well. I don't understand why they're there. It, and, <laughs> and they were instrumental, too. Right. And uh, the playing's good, uh, except for the guitar is a little funny, but that's okay, too. It's enough to make you go, wait, what in the hell is going on here? Um, yeah. But then we start with track three and then from there it's like heart wrenching killer soul music fun upbeat but also tear your heart out soul music um the playing on it is amazing like especially the drums and the bass are just killer but the organ and guitar are all great um there are moments that seriously the vocals gave me chills like for real chills and then there were moments where the music itself made me cuss out of amazement <laughs> like seriously if you're listening to a record and 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 a band hits and it's just so in the pocket and so perfect and just it just about kills you and your only response is, oh, fucking shit, you know, like like you've actually been injured by it. Then you know that it's it's some pretty <laughs> good stuff. And there's moments throughout the entire collection that are, are like that, that just, you know, it. I don't want to sound like an old guy, but it's something that you don't hear as much in bands anymore. Where It's just that everyone is so... Uh, synced up and perfect and they're playing that they can make that kind of impact on you. Right. So, yeah. Right. What'd you think, Dan? I, yeah, I thought this was spectacular, man. Uh, it just, um, I want to preface by saying that I listened to it twice mm -hmm. um, and it really didn't hit me with its brilliance until the second mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't like it the first time because I did. But the second time I really, really dug in and started dissecting some of the songwriting and some of the emotion mm -hmm. that was just behind a lot of these songs. Like you said, the first two tracks are kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of cool, but yeah, it was interesting enough that it kept me wanting to listen to what was mm -hmm. next. Um, 
I did really enjoy the um, I'll be there. Uh, it was really kind of an odd choice yeah. to put as an opening track on a collection. Though. Yeah. Um, it really was. But yeah, starting with Bad Girls Part 1 and 2, I mean, they're pretty much just straight up, uh, you know, soul pop songs, mm -hmm. but with like a rough edge. Mm -hmm. uh, gorgeous guitar. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's kind of like this abrasiveness to it, but then just this beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, the voice to me often is somewhere between James Brown and early Michael Jackson, like Jackson five era, you know, also like I hear some Al Green Sly Stone in mm -hmm. there type stuff. I've always liked this kind of stuff, you know, um, I don't listen to it enough. Mm -hmm. And when I hear it, it I'm reminded why I like, right. it. you know, yeah. like um, because it's awesome. It's just really great heartfelt, music and it's just some of the most honest stuff i think ever committed to tape yeah and that's just this whole genre in general but this lee moses guy <laughs> i mean it's it's amazing how to me one of the thoughts that went through my mind is why wasn't he a star man like yeah, i just i don't know much about I, his history i'm sure someone yeah, out there can let us know but i so freaking good mm -hmm. um one of the things that i really enjoyed also was the bass playing oh, yeah. on this. I mean, the bass was just amazing. And honestly, uh, through a lot of it, I heard where I think, and I bet flea got a lot of his influence from, I can see that. Um, mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, I totally recommend it. If you like James Brown, Jackson five, Al Green, Ike and Tina Turner, Aretha Franklin. And I even, I even heard a little bit of like funkadelic, like, sort of like the honesty and abrasiveness of like maggot brain mm -hmm. kind of like somewhat, I mean, definitely wasn't as psychedelic or weird as maggot brain, you know, mm -hmm. it was definitely more straightforward than that. But I mean, come on, man. I, I, I would be really surprised if George Clinton hadn't heard this guy, you know? Yeah. I think this um, is sort of like some proto funk probably to an extent. Yeah. yeah I mean, to, to a certain extent, it, but it's straight up soul. Yeah. It's just good soul music is what it yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic stuff. And there's a lot of great blues mm -hmm. kind of in there as well. I mean, yeah, fantastic collection there, yeah, Eric. Cool. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about a record from Tyler, the creator. It's his latest record that came out a couple years ago called Igor. And um, I actually... Um, I really like Tyler, the creator, always have uh, in like Odd Future. He was also uh, affiliated pretty heavily in the beginning with Earl Sweatshirt as well because um, they were both part of the Odd Future Collective, which in recent years, it seems like they have disbanded or kind of gone their own way. Um, but uh, this album just surprised me. I mean, I've heard this record like I heard it basically when it came mm. out and I've listened to it. I've. I come back to this record probably at least I would say I, I at least come back to it once or twice every couple of months. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to lie and say that I listen to this record all the time, you know, mm -hmm. but when I do, I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's totally different for those of you who know Tyler. It's really different than his previous albums. Basically, what I would 
kind of refer to this as if you haven't heard any of Tyler's previous records, they're rap. I mean, he's, he's a rapper. And in fact, some of the earlier stuff that he put out, like the album Goblin, uh, kind of got labeled for some strange reason as horrorcore, which I, hmm. I kind of disagree with that label. I don't think that he really was horrorcore. I think he maybe had elements, but, um, later albums, he started to kind of like incorporate some more, yeah, I don't know, synthy stuff or whatever, like to his beats. And then, yeah, this record came out and it's just like the way that I would describe it is it's like Tyler making kind of like a twisted take on a pop album. There's some synthesizers and I would say like definitely has an R and B soul funk influence. Um, it, at times it actually weirdly reminds me of like vintage electronic hip hop. Like, like I almost hear like some African Bambada or like Egyptian lover or something going on here a little bit. Um, but it's also, it's very modern. Like, I mean, it, sometimes I have to admit that it gets a little too close for comfort to me, like too like kind of top 40 pop, you know, cause I, I don't really like a lot of that stuff. And there, there are times where this record gets pretty close to that, but then it always just kind of seems to veer off and do something a little kind of weird or crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, it really doesn't surprise me though. At, for as different as this is, uh, from his other material, it doesn't surprise me that he made a record like this eventually, because he always kind of said that he was influenced by like this kind of stuff and that he even kind of denounced rap mm. for like a little while and said that other styles of music are just cooler, like in an interview once or something. Mm. And I, so it doesn't really surprise me that much. I kind of think it's sort of like a, sort of the same thing that you kind of heard from like Andre 3000 of outcast when he kind of did the love below. Like maybe this is sort of a somewhat of a modern take on that sort of direction or like a rapper going in a direction like this. Uh, yeah, I would totally recommend this if, um, if you like outcast, especially the love below, um, Andre 3000 side of that record, love below speaker box. um, I, know, I hear like Kid Cudi, Childish Gambino. Uh, and like, I don't know if you like some of the more modern day Beck stuff mm -hmm. as well, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, I usually don't really care much for modern day R&B. Um, a lot of it, but I really like Tyler's take. Uh, what did you think, uh, Eric? Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I mean... The other records that we reviewed for this week, um, I listened to them maybe twice through, maybe more like one and a half times through. This record has been playing in my car for a week straight. I, I just, it's, I adore it. I, I it's, it's so it's cool. super addictive. Yeah, it's, super addictive. I have never heard. I've heard of Tyler, the creator, of course. I think that he's pretty well known, but I've never listened to it. Um, Unless he was on SNL or something, <laughs> which he I'm was. such an old man that that's like the only yeah. time I see or hear anything outside of my weird norm, my non-norm norm, if you will. Um, but no, I was I was blown away by it. It's like the first moment 
the of the first song you're just like what the hell is happening like it's just yeah. this big yeah, it's really... fat almost dumb square wave synthesizer sound just yeah. and yeah. you're like okay and it goes on for a while and it's just like what am i getting into here uh i i just loved it everything about it was it was synthy uh it was pretty at moments it was strange it was dark um i thought the vocals were really cool like it's i i would watch like uh a full length documentary about the making of this album, because I have so many questions like when Tyler seems to be singing and it's just his voice. It's not good. Like he's out of key and it's not great. But then all of a sudden it sounds like the temptations come in behind him. And it's like, what the hell? And that happens throughout the whole thing. The soul vocals are Um. sick. Like the whole thing. And I don't know if he did them, if it's all a vocoder or a harmonizer or, you know, like how it was done. I have no idea, but I do know that it sounds like the temptations on this record. It sounds like real soul music. And then underneath of it is the dumbest synthesizer sound you've ever heard. And a rap that's like beyond silly, you know? And it's like, it's irreverent, which is if I had to list my favorite things about my favorite records or what makes me like a record, irreverence is like at the top of the list. Like giving no fucks is like top for me. I just love it. And this kind of does that. But like you said, it is also it is poppy at times. It is. It sounds like normal music at times but it doesn't stay there long. It's almost like proving that he can do that just to tear yes. it apart. And I think that's amazing. Um, I Absolutely. love, I love the use of vocal samples. It's something that was huge in the nineties, especially in industrial and especially in rap. But I, I kind of miss it now. Like people just taking samples of people talking or, even from movies and things like that. I kind of miss that in music and it happens here, but it's more like his personal philosophies and self-help kind of things. It's, it's so strange. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The whole thing is very soulful, weird, upbeat, but also super dark. Like the song gone, gone, gone is one of the cutest things I've ever heard. It sounds like a nine year old boy singing it. And then at the end, like, I don't even remember what the line is, but it's so sad. It's like, it's something like, and I'll never be the same again, but it's like even sadder than that. I wish I could remember the line, but it's like, in a way it's, it's almost like a breakup record in its own strange way. Like I just, I can't say enough about it. I absolutely, I loved it. And I listened to it. I mean, no less than seven times, eight times this week. So wow. I don't know. I, Dude, I am so glad yeah, it was awesome that I got you into. Yeah. I am so glad I got you into a record this much. Yeah, I, I, I adored I, it. I can't say much you more. You probably, from the sounds of it, you might have already listened to it more than me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was blown over, away by it. At first, I wasn't, um, though. Like, at first, I heard the second song. 
No, yeah, I think the third song, and it's like really like an R and B modern yeah, very, top very 40 like, love song kind of thing yes, and it was yes. like like i know. said sometimes like i said sometimes it gets too close to com- for right. comfort for me to that kind of thing uh to where i'm just kind of like ah, right where is he going now and then all of a sudden a fucking weird synth noise right. happens or something just out of the blue and it's, like, and it's super it's smart just, it, not to interrupt i'm sorry but it's like what what no, i really okay. like about it and I think I talked about listening to screwed and chopped, uh, screwed down, chopped mm. stuff. And what I liked about that was you could tell they listened to it. And every second they were thinking, what could we do right now? What can we do right at this moment to make it different yeah. every moment? And that yes. is the way this is. There's not one second of this record that they didn't scrutinize they didn't let the tape run. They didn't let the drum machine go. Sure. They didn't let anything sure. just sort of happen. Like it's sure it's, and it's so smart too. Like the song running out of time. They, they sample yeah. the love, the song. run part from the DJ run, yep. you know? And like, yep. yep. And it's just, um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I could probably talk about it for hours. I could watch a making of documentary for hours. I just thought it was, killer. I think, I think there might be one on YouTube. Oh my God. Actually. Guess um, I'm not going to sleep. I don't know. Look, <laughs> look it up. Um, if, if there's not a, do- I seem to remember, or at least maybe there was like some sort of like weird, like live performance, oh, okay. like videos. Yeah. I'll look it up. Look it up I after will. this, Eric. I think there probably is. Nice. Okay. And so now we're moving on to a, New release from a local artist, uh, Centaur Noir. And when I say local, I mean the entire region of the, uh, what is this, northeastern or southeastern Iowa? Mm-hmm. Is that, am I saying that right, Eric? Yeah, like Muscatine, Quad Cities. Muscatine, sort of Quad thing. Cities. Yep. He's, he's actually from the Quad Cities, and uh, his name is John Burns. He's been doing this project called Centaur Noir for years now. Uh, I think at least 10 years or something like that. And it's it's mostly based in electronic, I would say like electronic punk pop music. But when I say punk pop, I don't mean what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it doesn't sound like an electronic version of like Descendants or Green Day or anything like that. It's It's just pop music, but it's through the filter of like, sort of like a DIY punk thing, sort of. I think that's probably about the best description that Mm -hmm. I can really think of. Uh, He has several albums. You can go to his uh, Bandcamp site. Uh, I think it's just centarnoir.bandcamp.com. He also has made, uh, for years, he's been making videos on YouTube. His YouTube account is John Burns Video, I believe. And on that YouTube channel, you'll find like all of the Centaur Noir videos, plus a lot of videos he's made for himself and other artists. He used to be in this group called Meth and Goats, which was kind of a, uh, they were, they were a pretty well-known band around this area back in like, I don't know, late nineties to, mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll say 2005 ish somewhere around there. But anyway, uh, he just came out with a new album, which is supposed to be, or at least his plan from what he told me was uh is going to be the first of four records he plans on releasing this year hmm. um and the name of this record is live from apartment two 
and it literally, I think it literally is recorded live. Um, I, I think, um, he just like records it in his apartment and it literally is like, he must actually live in like apartment two and whatever, whatever building he's in. Uh, so yeah, um, it was recorded during quarantine. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very just well done synth pop heavy on vocoder at times, which I really, really like, Mm -hmm. um, some really great songs here, stranger danger city on fire, uh, long discovery out of out there. Um, and, uh, it's just, I mean, I, 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 I just think it's really great. And I mean, I can't really like say much more about it. I just, mm-hmm. I think that it's just a fantastic, well done, uh, sort of, I mean, when I say synth pop, I also kind of feel like I'm not doing it justice. It's just really well done synthy music. Um, but it's also just very catchy and fun. I mean, I think like at times it definitely reminds me of like Devo and stuff like maybe add into X stereo lab, electro pop in general, even like lady Tron and hmm. this group called Biss. Um, it's just got that real, like, I don't know, like just fun sort of, uh, feel to it. Uh, I do think, you know, a lot of the lyrics are kind of, some of the lyrics kind of get a little dark. It seems like, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really, really like this a lot. I wish that I, uh, could, uh, give a much more well thought out, intelligent answer, but, uh, <laughs> review, but I just really, really like this. And it just, it was really fun to me. And, uh, I think John always kills it with these releases. Uh, he actually did a uh, collaboration with, um, uh, Molly and Corey from closet, Witch. uh, they had a project called, uh, um, baby alchemy. And he did a collaboration with them a while back called mm-hmm. baby Noir. And I feel the same way about this. And that this is the reason why I bring that up. I feel the same way about this that I feel about that. Um, at that time, they actually, uh, Centaur No War was actually a duo. And uh, the vocalist was this uh, girl by the name of Laura Wegner, who also played in a um, another band in the Quad Cities called As You Were. And uh, I feel like these records, like there could actually be like, just straight up hits on these records. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really feel like, you know, the production quality is just outstanding. And I mean, there's, there's like just sometimes it really just gets straight up pop, but in a really good way. Um, yeah, man, John, if you're listening, uh, really, really good job here. What, what did you think of John's album, Eric? <clears throat> yeah. So, um, the reason I wanted you to go to first is because I think that, you know, John better than me. So sure. <laughs> I just thought maybe if someone was listening and they were like, why did Eric want them? Why want Dan to go first? Like, <laughs> what's the deal? That That's just it. You know, more of like his history and things like sure. that. Um, sure. Sorry, I stepped away or moved away from the mic a little. So if I got quiet, I wasn't dying or anything. I just um, <laughs> No, I really liked it. I have heard a lot of centaur noir i've seen them one time at Roz talks when um in the mouth of radness played 
when I still was in that group. And um, yeah, and apparently uh, John and I played together a really long time ago also um, back in the still the 90s or something. Uh, Dan informed me of that. Uh, John was in the Trilams, is that right? Yes, he was also yeah, in the yeah. Trilams. I forgot to yeah. mention that. And I was in Gimpy, so we played a show together once. Um, and I've met John just a couple of times. Um, but it's one of those things, like, I think that's how it is sort of in Iowa. There's certain people you have seen lots of times at lots of shows and not really talk to all that much. So, and you know, they're cool or whatever, but, you know, you just haven't uh, made that leap across the room to say, hi, my name's Eric, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I have listened to uh, a bit of Centaur Noir and it, this is different, I think. And like purposefully different, maybe, I don't know. I think that we're going to maybe talk to John sometime soon on the show. So yes, I'll have um, numerous questions for him. That um, is awesome. About uh, mostly the production, but we'll get into that. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I always ask technical gear type questions, but um, in the past, the past Centaur Noir stuff I've heard, <clears throat> it almost had a, a sillier edge to it, if you will. Like it was, um, it would teeter between sort of like fun pop. And I would say, especially with the baby noir um, and like, yeah. So kind of fun pop rap, but all of it with this sort of a little bit, I don't want to say goofy because that has certain connotations, but uh, silly. There's a, a level of funness there and it's not lacking in this, but it's definitely on a, a set aside a little bit. Like I really like how dark and sad and somewhat seemingly nihilistic this feels compared to those other things. And hopefully that's not offensive because I say all that stuff with absolute love. Like <laughs> I love <laughs> when things are dark and when they are, just resting on the mood and the atmosphere that they're in. It doesn't feel forced or anything like that. But when the, uh, when the tracks start, they seem like they're going to be this fun, groovy dance, fun thing. And then they just get so chill when the vocals and the pitch shifted or vocoded vocals come in and they last so long and they're so repetitive that they become almost like meditative. Like it takes on a different life from that first moment that you hear this fun, dancey synth stuff till the end. You, they're not the same song. And it's only through the atmosphere created that it's not the same song because the music's the same. And I just think that's cool. And that's really hard to pull off. Um, I love all the synths, all the sounds at moments it sounds really very i know i bring up tobacco every single episode but there are big black moth super rainbow synths on this thing and you know a lot of vocoder stuff like that it's also just amazing that these were recorded live um i did tune in to a couple of the facebook live performances that these were taken from um and they were great. So I should have paid more attention to what John was doing uh, on the screen. 
uh, because now I have all kinds of questions like what did you use how did you program this like how did you do the vocals blah 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 tons of questions but I just love like how atmospheric it is how kind of dark it seems but also somehow very fun and it's funny that we picked this along with the Tyler the Creator record because I actually feel like they're almost kindred spirits like they have similar sounds they have similar production elements and ideas and so it was a good week for um for a synthesizer based uh strange fun darker than it seems music for me so i really i enjoyed this quite a bit and i can't wait to talk to john about it so wow that that was a really really great review eric (laughs) i i really should have like dude you should have gone first and last like honestly like that was that was awesome you thought of like way more like because dude i didn't even think about the fact that yeah there's like a weird repetitive repetitive repetitiveness to like in a, in the best possible way like especially some of those longer songs for sure like discovery because they were live you know yeah, it can and, very, and it like could, on a streaming Facebook live thing, it's like he wouldn't be in a hurry. Yeah, and to so, stop the song, so who cares? So, so it yeah. might be partly that too. There and that's know. that's where like I kind of feel like I guess I didn't think about it till you thought about it, until you mentioned that, but like that's where I kind of get like the stereo lab add into X mm. kind of comparisons, or even like Trans Am. Not that this record sounds like those groups. You know what I mean? Right. Cause they're, but those groups all use synthesizers mm-hmm. in a very sort of repetitive way sure. that eventually turns into like this hypnotic sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and I and, think this does and, that for sure. Yeah. Like there definitely is like, I kind of mentioned it in my review. I feel like some of the lyrics are darker and mm-hmm. there definitely is a more of a darkness to this than like some of like a lot of his other stuff. Right. Um, that was a, for sure. A great review, Eric. Good uh, job. Uh, yeah. Is there any I, way that we could like digitally <laughs> shake hands? I just did. Okay. All right. Did you feel it? <laughs> yes. It, it went through my body. Oh, good. Good. <sighs> this is refreshing <laughs> to me. I will also say that if you like Johnny Jewel stuff, like I mentioned last week, the chromatics and glass candy and stuff like that, this fits in there too. Like if you Definitely. like that stuff. Uh, check this out um, too and also it's Bandcamp friday this week oh yes and, so if uh, you're hearing this on thursday tomorrow go get some stuff from Bandcamp from people like Dan yes and or yes I, or me if you or want anybody and actually yeah. um i'm gonna do a little shameless plug here i'm nice. dropping i may be dropping a new ep on friday on Bandcamp mm. friday Nice. I didn't want to steal your thunder and announce it for you, but awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it would be funny if you're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm dropping a double album. Yeah, right. No, I still got the same old album that came out a whole four months ago. (laughs) A really, really great album, folks. You guys got to go check it out. Yeah. Check out both of our records. That's why we're here. (laughs) Yes. Check both of us. That's that's the only reason we do this. In fact, we're changing the name of this to um buy dan and eric's records <laughs> <laughs> on Bandcamp. yep especially no, on for Bandcamp real though Friday. spend a lot of money a lot tomorrow. of money yeah you remember in that that part in the episode last week uh 
where I was talking about when we become rich and famous. <laughs> yeah. And like, no, that really was part of the plan, listeners. That was, notice how, uh, notice how I bring it up again <clears throat> now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because that we want you to make us rich, listeners. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can you do it? I don't know. Uh, yes, I can edit this out. <laughs> do you know um, how much money we would have to make to be rich, though? Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I, no definitely, definitely. Um, like, if I of, could buy a pizza off of oh, any sort dude. of revenue associated with any of my creative endeavors, I'd be into it. That is the sign, the sure <laughs> sign of success. If you can pizza. buy a pizza, hell yeah. then you have you have made it as far as I'm concerned. I keep cussing and I feel bad because my, I, I was talking to my mom earlier and she said that my her and my dad had listened to the podcast. And oh I always take gosh. a great pride in the fact that I've never said cuss. the F word in front of my mom. Yeah. And now <clears throat> this episode, I've said it probably at least five times. Did she say something about... <laughs> That Dan guy, he dropped some F-bombs. No, I think she just said, oh, I didn't even notice. So that was her way of saying she didn't <laughs> care. But, I am. Um, yeah. I, no, I do good. it like some, I, I try to watch myself, uh, you know, but <clears throat> it's hard, man. I just, I it find is. myself just dropping F-bombs unwillingly. Um, yeah. But I, um, I mean, I can't change the way I talk just because of who's listening. You know, it's like. Yes. First exactly. rule, right? Probably yep. if there are rules. <laughs> I don't know how this works. Yeah, I don't I don't even know anymore. I I just go with it. I go with it. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, we definitely like uh, became fans of some really interesting records this week. Yeah. For sure. I think it's a good um, mix. Absolutely. Yeah. Um just a reminder out there guys, you can listen to this on Spotify, Content Made Right. Um, and transistor, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, links are all attached to our Instagram and Facebook and we have mm-hmm. official Facebook and Instagram accelerative thrust pages now. Yeah. So you have like, no like reason real to... boys. <laughs> yeah. Like real <laughs> boys, real men. We're real oh, men. Shit. I don't know if I'm ready to take that step yet. Oh, okay. So we're still in the boy phase. <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay. It's funner that way. Yeah, I agree. Is funner a word or am I supposed to say more I think fun? it's more funner. Okay. More funner. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I always, you know, they always teach you like, or they always taught you growing up. I think basically when we were growing up, Eric, mm-hmm. you know, the English language and the proper way to say it, you know, mm-hmm. everything, you know, but I always find myself saying like funner. And yeah. more awesome or <laughs> awesomer. Awesomer. Or whatever. Yeah. Awesomer. I actually find myself saying that stuff. Well, I think uh, expressing yourself, I mean, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. Who cares? It's a very, they can't very control good us. <laughs> yeah. I know and if, can. and if funner expresses how you feel more than more fun does, then God damn yeah. it, say funner, you know? You remember that, uh, <laughs> Remember that Kids in the Hall uh, episode or that Kids in the Hall skit where Dave Foley played that just total, like, hippie teacher type? Hmm. Did you ever watch Kids in the Hall? I did. I don't know if I remember that skit right now, though. 
comes in and he like starts talking about how he did heroin and all this stuff in front of the class. <laughs> okay. Like, you don't remember that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know what I remember anymore. <laughs> sure. Well, no, anyway, I was just getting at that's, that's how all teachers should really be right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, free. We're all free there. Yeah. You know, there actually is like, I read sometimes about some of these artists that do end up going to like, these schools that exist that are kind of like that, like hmm. that encourage you to just be free thinkers. Like they, oh, I yeah. don't remember what they actually call them. I think a lot of them exist like on the East coast and like California, we would never have something like that in Iowa. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We're getting, we should start an more. organization called free thought, Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it Montessori? Is that Montessori? What you were yeah. Is that is that like the actual name of the school? Well, like the style, yeah. Because we like, do have a Montessori school. Well, what is Montessori? Here. What is a Montessori? It's like, school? Um, yeah, it's more like um, doesn't have tests and grades and stuff. It's more just a free, uh, free way of learning. Yeah, I heard like they. That. I heard they like actually encourage smoking. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I'm dead serious. Somebody No, that's the Marlboro Education. <laughs> Marlboro Education. Somebody in a band that I read about went grew up in a school like that. Hmm. And they said that like in the interview and I don't I have no recollection of who this actually was. Hmm. It was somebody in a band that I either currently listen to or have listened to grew up in a school like that. And he's like, yeah, it was just a real, like, he called it like a hippie school where it's like mm. his parents, cause his parents were like hippies and they like, mm. um, and when I say hippie, I'm not meaning that in like a bad way or anything, right. but he like, he was saying that like, um, they would like, yeah, like basically like what we would do is just kind of walk around and do whatever we wanted at this school. Mm. And nice. like, you know, we could like smoke cigarettes. We could. Hmm. You know, and, and it basically they would just get into a lot of philosophical conversations about things. Wow. Yeah. That, that like, sounds like my high school experience in a nutshell. Actually. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did that a lot. too. Just walking around doing called, what I wanted, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> the, the difference is, is that like it was called skipping school. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. I wasn't supposed <laughs> to do it. Yeah. It wasn't like, uh, did, was oh, there well. a, was there the smokers alley when you were there? Well, not at the school, like, you know, not like on grounds. Really? We smoked past the fence. Yeah, uh, yeah, past the fence. They called it yeah. Smoker's Alley. Yeah. When the I, fun when my folks went there, they actually, actually, even my sister, when she went to high school, they had a smoking pit right by the gym. Really? Like right outside <laughs> the doors. Yeah. That's <laughs> like hilarious. Like, if you were old enough to smoke, you could just smoke at school. But. Um. That's yeah. hilarious. I, um, mm -hmm. yeah, like I just remember like, well, the craziest part about smokers alley, it's all different now. Like there's no mm -hmm. way anybody could like get away with anything now. Cause they actually put like a drive, a driveway through it that oh. leads straight to the school. So like, Oh, okay. Parents would be driving by like all the time and teacher and mm -hmm. faculty. But like, I just remember like, it was so crazy how like for years, like all four years that I was there, 
kids got away with like going there to smoke. Mm-hmm. And it was always like a group of kids. Uh, and there were like these residential houses, like right there. Mm-hmm. And like nobody who lived in those houses ever like complained or anything. Yeah. I thought it was, it's crazy. And okay. Like funny story about this. So the principal of the high school, when I was, I know it was either a junior or a senior, hmm. he made a deal. Cause like truants got so bad that the principal had to think about like, well, how can we get, how can we just like, even if we can cut the the amount of people skipping class in half, we got to do something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he came up with this like plan. He said, I'll make you guys a deal. (laughs) If, (laughs) if, if we go an entire day without skipping class, Mm -hmm. like, I have zero truants, zero truants. Um, I'm going to sleep up on the roof of the high school Whoa. in a tent. Like that was his deal, right? Hmm. So the day came where he challenged us to like not <laughs> skip school, right? Yeah. Everyone made it until sixth period, until seventh period, which was the last period, right? Yeah. Like it looked like we were going to make it then seventh period everybody who smoked just had like Nick fits and just had, so there were like literally like 50 kids who just went to smokers alley and skipped seventh period. Like, cause they were just like, fuck this, fuck this. He's going to sleep on the roof. And then what happened was he, he was, it was like, almost like he was like, okay, well that didn't work. So let's just, um, well, you guys tried. I'm going to sleep on the roof anyway. He ended up sleeping oh. on the roof anyway. Well, that was cool of him. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, the, I- <laughs> the idea yeah. of a high school student having a Nick fit is hilarious. It is. To it's, me, though. <laughs> it's even funnier when it's like 50 having Nick fits. <laughs> like, they're all angry and shit. You know? <laughs> like, how do you smoke enough as a high school student to have nicotine withdrawal? Like, you would, you would be surprised, Eric. <laughs> I mean, I did, but it was always after school or like on the weekends. I don't know. It just wasn't. I don't know. It doesn't seem like most of the I people that I knew that were smokers would skip. I'm 15 years old. <laughs> most of the like, most of the smokers I knew in high school, they they would mm-hmm. they would actually skip and they would go smoke. Like they would like. I actually knew of people who would like between classes run out and just light up a cigarette real quick and then come back and be late Hmm. to class, you know, like stuff like that. It was, it was insane. I knew people who like snuck smokes on their lunch break. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Fucking crazy. Like we were the late nineties. Everybody was just nuts. Like every one of us, not one of us was sane. Not one of us was logical. We were all just crazy. I'm glad you all grew out of it. Oh man. Sometimes I wonder if we ever did. Um, yeah, I don't think so, but that's yeah, okay. it seems that way. Right. Well, folks, the, that, ah, this, this has been refreshing. I'm sorry. I keep just, I'm killing that just today. Like it's just such, that is like, I take the horse and I just beat it with a hammer at this point. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do with a dead horse? <laughs> that's yeah, what that's I've true. always wondered. I mean, shit. Yeah, might well, as well yeah. beat it up. You might as well just, just beat up the dead Just horse. joking, guys. I don't mutilate dead animals. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Um, Anymore. If there are any law enforcement listening to this, please. Yeah. 
this except is lizards. Remember, I was supposed to uh, figure out how to make giant lizards this oh, week. Oh yeah, that's right. Did you ever I, figure? I out? forgot. I uh, forgot to do it. I chopped up more lizards, but I didn't do anything with them. <laughs> I I turned in a test one time, and uh, it was supposed to be like an essay. And uh, it was supposed to be like this big, long explanation uh, to a teacher I didn't like. And I sat there for like the entire hour that we were supposed to do it. And I wrote, I forgot and then <laughs> turned it in. Like I did that one time. And the thing is, though, they always try to tell you to tell the truth in high school. I told the hmm. truth. I forgot. So <laughs> I should have gotten at least some sort of extra credit. Yeah. That was my philosophy. I mean, plus the A plus that you already got. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A plus plus. Aced it. Ace, Ace of spades. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes. If I would have gotten the grade of Ace of spades in high school, <laughs> I would have yes. done better. It would have been. Oh, definitely. I would have been like, <laughs> I'm getting that Ace of spades. I don't care. Uh, hmm. Man. <laughs> Yeah, folks, uh, it's been great uh, listening to us, I'm sure. Um, and uh, <laughs> we will uh, hear from you. Well, no, you will hear from us next week. All right. My God. That was <laughs> such a horrible. I'm sorry, folks. You guys have a good day. Uh, good week. Bye. Bye. Before we officially end this episode, I would like to announce that we are going to have another guest on next week, Corey J. Peak, bassist for Closet Witch, founder of Sass Baloney Records, and just overall amazing artist and animator who has contributed countless amazing things to the Iowa music scene and just DIY culture in general. Um, amazing conversations will be had and a great time will commence. So please tune in for that. We are also going to be including more guests on the podcast, uh, in future episodes. I think as of right now, um, we're going to kind of try and do a, uh, every other week sort of scenario where we'll rotate between the episodes that we talk about records and the episodes that we have guests. Uh, we have a uh, couple more guests scheduled for uh, the podcast coming up in uh, April and May that we could not be more excited about. So please uh, hold on to your seats. And uh, I hope that you hear from us next week with uh, Corey JP. Uh, take care of yourselves and you guys all have a great week. Mm -hmm.